What's going on, everyone? And welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West. And I guess a very, very late happy Halloween, y'all, because we didn't do a pod last week because of Halloween. But uh, onwards to November. I'm also with my co-host, T-Up. T-Up, are you there? Yo, what's up, JT Dub? Yeah, happy late Halloween. Um, we had... I was busy last Tuesday, so I couldn't attend. Um, but had a lot of kids come by. We oh, you were, didn't do the trick or treating. Uh, you were you were uh, hosting the trick or treaters. Okay, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so we we set up, and you know we had our we had our candy for the kids, and actually offered a little uh, some adult beverages for the for the adult trick or treaters. Oh, uh, aka the parents. So they definitely appreciated that. Okay, they didn't say like, "Hey, we're gonna." Re- we're gonna report y'all to the cops or the HOA. Like, no, they 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 were cool with it. No, they were like, yeah, hey, yeah. you guys read my mind. Let's go. Oh man, so, yeah, you guys. Yeah, it, it was it was a good time, and we, we wrapped up by like eight thirty, and you know the kids were already um, getting back to home, and you know it was kind of a weekday, so it, it was a little bit. Uh, that's right. Halloween was on a, a weird day. That's right. And that's why, because we usually record on Tuesdays. And obviously, you fast forward now, we're recording it on Tuesday nights. When you told me that you couldn't make the pod, I said, no worries. Um, it happens. But since we're on that note, did you guys dress up for Halloween? I mean, were you, were you spooky? Were you pretty? Were you? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say I was spooky. I dressed up as a, the Jungle Cruise um, tour guide, if you can imagine that. For all those I've been to Disneyland, you know, they got the bucket hat going on. They got the little tropical shirt um, and some khaki shorts, high socks. So, yeah, I was I, I was dressed. Well, I mean, you're in good shape because if you were a little, little bit heftier in weight, you would look like the kid from, from Up. So, that's good. <laughs> yeah, they might have they might have told their parents, like, hey, look, get some Up. <laughs> what about uh what about your fiance what about your girl did she uh compliment you or uh with her her, her no. costume or she's something completely different yeah no she dressed as uh i would say a witch without the hat <laughs> she was in all black so no we did not compliment each other but you know she had her own outfit going on and i had my own and we had our beverages in hand and handing out candy it was it was a great night awesome awesome well you know, life comes at you quick because right now we're into the first week of November, which means Thanksgiving's around the corner, which means we're on to week nine or we're on to week 10. But we're going to talk about week nine in the NFL. And um, just to kind of recap, since we missed the Halloween time and all that, um, you know, the Niners, the team that we primarily like, but we had to cover all the NFC West teams. But they dropped three straights. They uh, they lost convincingly to the Bengals. And so... Because of that, the Seahawks had in that same week, they beat the Browns. And so going into week nine, you had the Seahawks at five and two, first place, the Niners at five and three, second place. But you can make a case that uh, this was probably the best bye week ever for the Niners and not so much for the rest of the FC West. Because in week nine, the Seahawks got their asses handed uh, to the Ravens, 37 to three. Uh, the Rams, very similar, not as bad, but they lost 20-3 to to the Packers at, at Green Bay. And then last but not least, he had the Cardinals, um, who got shut out by the Browns, 27-0. So all the while, when that happens, uh, the Seahawks fell to 5-3, and three, 
And because the Niners have, I think right up to this point, they're 2-0 in the NFC West division. So since they're tied at 5-3, and three, uh, the Niners once again take first place at 5-3. and three. The Seahawks are second at 5-3. and three. The Rams are 3-6, and six, and now the Cardinals are 1-8. and eight. Um, An odd week, uh, I would say, because I was really expecting a lot from the Seahawks at Baltimore to, to really show if they can contend, and they did not. Um, Dion, what did you think about week nine for the MC West? Yeah, week nine was uh, was a good time for at least the Seattle Seahawks and I mean, and also the Rams to, to capitalize on the recent Niner misfortunes, but they couldn't capitalize on it. And you know, I think I know we're going to recap each game, um, you know, at some capacity. But yeah, th- this was a good week for for the NFC West to take advantage of it. But um, they were all just just bad matchups. They were all on the road, actually, coincidentally. They were, they were, and yeah, they were. Well, that that is a coincidence in itself. But um, you know, the Niners are going to go. They're they're beginning coming out of their bye week on the road against another tough team. So yeah, the NFC West is just kind of you know they they were once not too long ago the you know the the pride and joy of the NFL like one of the hardest divisions and now they're kind of all kind of struggling just to you know survive week to week. It's it's pretty interesting to. See it, and hopefully, you know, at least for our Niners to, you know, to pick up where they left off, and um, you know, even some of the NFC, NFC West teams, you know, to to start, I guess, stepping up, and we'll we'll talk about the key acquisitions coming up. For sure. Yeah, yeah, you got it. So on that note, the Seahawks they were in first place, they fall to second, but it's not necessarily them falling to second as it is for their statement game or lack thereof, because. Um, for those that haven't really been keeping track of the Seahawks going into the game at five and two, they arguably had the easiest schedule up, up to that point. And so going on the road against the Ravens, what I was really excited and for a lot of what uh, Seahawks fans were really excited was, hey, man, this is your first time playing a, a legit contender in the Ravens, similar to like, you know, the Miami Dolphins or the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, these teams, they've been uh, just this. Just to say it, they've been beating some really shitty teams uh, and they have a good record. And so whenever you play, you know, the, a contender, you want to really see that, hey, can we match up against the big dogs? I mean, that are we where we need to be uh, come playoff time or um, maybe we're not as good as we thought. And, you know, this Ravens team, they beat the Seahawks. Oh, my God. Thirty seven to three. But um, they beat the Lions a couple of weeks ago who are also leading the division. 38 to 6. So if you combine the Seahawks and the Lions game for the Ravens, they have scored, they have outscored these division leaders um 74 to 9. Um it's just the Ravens look legit and the Seahawks, they just got ran on. Uh whether it was Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, hell, even uh rookie Keaton Keaton Martin, um they looked really bad. This front seven couldn't do anything to, to defend the run or a mobile quarterback at that. And then going back to the elephant in the room, Geno Smith, he had a fumble. I think he had one. I think he had two picks. Um, he was sacked four times to- or one pick, sacked four times, lost a fumble. I had him for a couple of leagues for fantasy football because of a bye week for my starting quarterback. And he gave me like negative three points. He was bad. 
Um, nothing good came out of this game. Tee up what for the Seahawks, and it's yeah. Really- yeah. See, here's the thing, though. Um, you know, like, yes, the Seattle, they got destroyed. I think this, I saw a stat, I think this is the second worst loss under Pete Carroll's regime since the Rams in 2019 or something, where they lost like 42 to 7. Right. Uh, something like that. But, I mean, this Baltimore team is a really good team, and they're playing at home. They have a lot of momentum going into this game. Um, Lamar Jackson is arguably competing to be, you know, he's in the conversation of league MVP. So, you know, getting beat by this team, yeah, it does suck. Yeah, it sucks on the road. You know, this was kind of a, a you know, the opportunity for Seattle to kind of put their stake in the ground. Um, but they fell short. But how much can we really knock them for, for getting this L against a team who is, you know, arguably, you know, the best team in the, in the AFC at the moment? Yeah, no. Um well, going back to that point, can you roll with the big dogs? And this is their first test of the season. Then it's a, it's a unfortunate no, like a hell no. Like everything about this game just was shoved in their face. And uh, the reason why I'm being so hard on them is just because um, you know they they just traded for Leonard Williams after taking the the lead in, in division. They traded a second and a fifth round pick to get a defensive tackle that, you know, was really supposed to bolster the run defense. And then um, the Ravens, they they rushed for 298 yards. They allowed 515 total yards. Let me say that once again, 515 total yards of offense. Um, and they just looked discombobulated. Like, um, you know, even Pete Carroll will admit, I mean, what makes a Pete Carroll offense? It's, it's running the football and taking care of the football for that matter. But, you know, when you have Geno Smith, two turnovers, and he's he's been t- turning the ball over the last couple of weeks, but uh, their best player, I mean, you know, a, a, as a runner, Kenneth Walker, who's been having a pretty awesome season up to this point, he only had nine carries for 16 yards. Um, you're not going to win a lot of football games that way. And, you know, if your defense is allowing, you know, 500 yards of offense, uh, just looking at it right now, uh, uh, Keaton Mitchell, the rookie, had nine carries for 138 yards and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson, 10 carries for 60. Gus Edwards, 50 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, this is uh, this is pretty rough, man. Yeah, definitely. If you're giving up 500-plus yards, even 400-plus yards in the game, it's very tough to win football games. And, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, they even said it. Pete Carroll admitted it. You know, Jordan Brooks admitted it that – they they were just they weren't executing at the level that they wanted to, and they just were simply unmatched. I think there's no other way to kind of kind of put this. Yeah. But it's interesting, you know, with the storylines that you know after you know Seattle, where they they were kind of riding on their high horse for for throughout this whole week and going into this uh, you know prior to this week that they gained first place. Um, they were in. in even in the conversation to be in the top of the NFC West. And then all of a sudden, you know, taking a bad loss like this, you know, fans are crying for Drew Locke. Maybe, maybe this is the Drew Locke era. There was even a Twitter poll that I saw that who should be the next quarterback. Should it be Gino or should it be Drew Locke? And I'll admit it, I voted, you know, just for shits and giggles. And I, I think he did too. I did. Um, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that you know this demands a, a, a QB change, or should should they just stick with it for another week, considering you know the circumstances of last week? Or you know, is this the right time in the middle of the season to pull the trigger and and bench your starting quarterback who they just extended during the off season? Well, uh, I'll, I'll say two sides of the coin. So mm-hmm. on one hand, you know, Geno Smith has been turning the ball over. Um, He's not, uh, uh, yeah, you say they, they didn't ride back. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's not looking pretty on, on his end. They just gave him a three-year extension. Uh, so you can make that case. But then on, on the other end, well, they fell to five and three, but they're still five and three. They're still in the mix. I think that Geno Smith, um, you know, this upcoming week, they're, they're playing the commanders at home. So they definitely have a chance to rebound and get their shit together. So I, I'd say it's not quite their... To bench Drew Lock, uh, or I'm sorry, not Drew Lock, um, Geno Smith in favor of Drew, Drew Lock, but it's just funny because I always thought Niner fans were always so emotional, highs and lows, you know, fuck Jimmy, fuck Brock, fuck Kaepernick, like they're always so high and low on their quarterback week over week. Um, so Seahawks fans can be the same thing too, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And to all that, the answer to my own question is. No, they shouldn't bench bench Geno this early. It's too early in the season. Drew Locke does not give Seattle, you know, what they're looking for in order to win. If anything, it's just, uh, you know, I not the right move in my opinion. But hey, I yeah, mean, that's what happens when you're five and three. You're a five and three team, and you're already crying for the, you know, for a quarterback change. It's all like. You know, be grateful to where you're at right now. But they do have a a tough schedule coming up. Um, I think one of the hardest remaining schedules in the NFL, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, it's pretty they bad. Got to play the Niners. Yep. Yeah, they got to play the Niners twice still, and um, some other matchups I can't think of right now. But yeah, they they got a pretty tough road ahead of them. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can tighten up their front seven. That'll be their their run defense and. Um, I think the Heat is, I don't think it's like the chopping block for Pete Carroll, but uh, a lot of eyes are on him right now. I I checked some of the comments section and people said that, hey, this might be Pete Carroll's last year. I don't necessarily think it's that serious up to this point, but, um, you know, Pete Carroll has to get back to what Pete Carroll does, which is run the football, take care, take care of the football and uh, play your style of Seahawks football that we all know and are accustomed to seeing them within the NFC West. Damn, seriously? They're calling for Pete Carroll's head too? Uh, yeah. They're saying like, you know, my, this might be his last year or like, you know, this is, this is it. And I'm like, well, it's not too long ago. Yeah, where Niner fans were calling for Shanahan's head too. Like, that's just how life goes. I don't know if you saw the, the news too. They said that Patriots head coach, you know, Belichick, they said that, yeah, the Colts. There's a rumor that hey, uh, they're gonna go, you know, out of the country. Uh, I think it's a UK game or whatever. But if they lose to the Colts, that uh, that they might fire him, which is unbelievable to hear. But uh, I don't know if that's true. It's just kind of an indication of how life in the NFL works. Um, Josh McDaniels just got fired by the, by the Raiders into his second season off a five-year deal. They're going to have to eat about like 80, 40, 40, 50 million dollars worth of salary between him and um, 
David Ziegler, the, the general manager, and that's a uh, a lot of money, dude, of uh, bad decisions that you have to pay for. Yeah, that's. I mean, the Patriots. We could. I could think of one person. I could think of their name. I could see their face right now. That probably saved the Patriots organization. Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, everyone. Yeah, but. I think everyone knows who I'm talking about. You don't have to mention no names. <laughs> that's, right. that's right, Thomas. That's right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, you know what? I'm not going to bang the bang the table too hard on the Seahawks. Tough loss. Hopefully they can get their shit together because onwards to the commanders next week who are um, selling their team essentially because uh, they got rid of two pass rushers, which we'll talk about later. Um, did you check out this Rams Packers game? So, I mean, the Packers were favored by three. It was supposed to be a, a close game. Um, but going into the week, the week before Stafford hurt his finger on this freaky ass, like the football hit his finger wrong and it messed it up. He couldn't play this week. And the funny thing about that play was it was the Philly special where he went out as a receiver and he caught, cut the ball and he got hurt from it. So fast forward, they, um, um, they started Brett Rippon. Have you have you, have you heard of him? Because uh, I haven't. Uh, and I heard of him last week. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, well, like, he. Who in the heck is this guy on the field? He got oh, yeah, uh, he, he got fucking ripped. So his line was pretty bad. He, he had 130 passing yards, 13 for 28, so less than 50 percent passing completion. Uh, he only got sacked once, but he had one pick. Um, but. The offense didn't do shit. Um, the Packers, they've been struggling, but at the same time, too, they're they're at home, which obviously helps at Lambeau Field. And Jordan Love, this is a good bounce-back game for him. He was 20 for 26, 228 yards and a touchdown. But they uh, um, they really weren't uh, they weren't threatened by the Rams because the Rams couldn't do anything on offense. Like, it was pretty bad. I, um, I started both Cooper Cup and... Uh, Puka Nakua in different leagues, and I lost all those leagues. It was it was really bad. <laughs> I couldn't get anything from this Rams offense. You know, I think the bigger storyline with the Los Angeles Rams at the moment is their defense, and more specifically their front seven, which you know in past history has been their bread and butter. You know, they had obviously we have Aaron Donald up there, Von Miller in the past. Uh, and some other rippers that were there in the front. And now it's just the Rams cannot create the pressure. It's kind of the same issue that the Niners are having at the moment where, yeah. um, you know, it's a it's a combination of the veterans and the young bucks. Um, obviously the Rams, you know, they, you know, we already know they had to trade a lot of draft capital and spend a lot of money, this and that. And, and now we're kind of seeing the side effects of, of their past successes and, um, and how it kind of compounds to a team that is trying to build for the future and trying to stay competitive in their in their division. Well, so, in my yeah, opinion, you know, Aaron Donald is no, go, go on, go on, my, my, sorry, yeah, just yeah, just one last thing, yeah, you, you know, Aaron Donald, he's kind of like you know they did extend him, um, you know, he he's he wanted to retire, but he, you know he signed another big contract or extension, and kind of weird it's just he's not producing that like he was supposed but he was expected to i guess um because 
you would expect Aaron Donald will keep the offense in the game, right? Kind of keep their off or Defense. get the offense out, three and out, and give it give the ball back to the to Stafford and let them do their thing. But that kind of hasn't been the case this, this season. I mean, I won't be too. All right, th- there's a couple of things that come of it. You know, first you can say, you know, uh, their first matchup against the Niners, they you can make a case that they should have beat the Niners early on because they were um, going up up in the field and having extended drives. But I think having Stafford healthy and obviously not hurt, um, it masks a lot of their deficiencies. And you can make a case that the Rams were um, uh, they were overplaying what they had on their talents. Um, but that's what happens when you have a, you know, in, in any league for for that matter. I mean, to have competent quarterback play goes a big way. If not, you're, um, well, you're the Jets, right? Right. Where you can you can have a good team, but if you don't have a good competent quarterback play, like it doesn't matter. Like it, it's a big wash. So for them to start Brett Ripian, let me say that one more time. Brett Ripian, Brett Ripian. Um, you know, you, you saw that Stafford carries a, a large load of, of this offense, but. You know, at the same time, too, I think McVeigh he gets a little cute at times. Like, he's very pass-heavy, and we all know that. Um, you know, they, they got to do a better job of, of balancing that out a bit better, uh, especially to help out a young quarterback in Ripian. But check this out. So they got their asses handed this game. Uh, fresh off the presses on Tuesday morning, they signed Carson Wentz, which also means that Stafford um, – you know, he's still questionable to, to play this week, but now Carson Wentz is his backup. And you know the story between Carson Wentz and Jared Goff and the Rams, right? Can you remind us again, Justin? Go over that with us. Yeah, so um, Carson Wentz was in the same draft class as Jared Goff. And um, yeah, the Rams traded up. Uh, they had the first pick in the draft, and they selected Jared Goff out of California. And with the second overall pick, uh, you know, the Eagles select. Oh, did, was it the Eagles? Yeah, it was the Eagles. Yeah, uh, the Eagles selected Carson Wentz out of North Dakota. And so, you know, the Rams traded Jared Goff to Detroit so they can get Stafford. And now Carson Wentz, who was in that same draft class as Jared Goff, is. Stafford's backup. So it's just, I don't know. It, it, it's a big trip in my, my mind. So you have a. Yeah. It's kind of like a full circle moment. Cir- circle of life for sure. It's just uh circle of life. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot to put in. So um, let me ask you this. I mean, uh, does that mean, well, do you think something's, uh, do you think Stafford's going to, do you think his injury is worse than, than it seems, or, you know, are we going to see some more Carson Wentz? That's really tough to say at the moment. I don't know if there are any recent reports of how – did Stafford practice today or is he anticipated to practice? Do you know? I, I got to check on that. It's just the big news was the signing of, of Carson Wentz. I was like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can see this in two in two ways that, you know, Ripian, he just basically just is a piece of – you know, he didn't play well. And they just want another – maybe Wentz is the better option for QB2 if – if Stafford is not good to go Um, or maybe Stafford is good to go, but Carson Wentz is uh, gives the better chance for the Rams to win. If um, in the case Stafford re-injures himself, you know, I think there's, they're probably exercising their options at the moment. That's how I want to interpret it. I don't want to say that it's 
it's a definite for sure that Stafford is out, but you know, I think they're looking for insurance, I guess. Obviously Ripping is I think McVay's looking at it, it's like, okay, Ripping is not our guy, right? Like and it's yeah. Stafford who's gonna if he does get re injured, um, who's gonna give us the best chance to um to win games? And I think that's you know, just drawing another competition within their QB camp, I think. That's how I see it. Okay. Um well, Colin Hurd, uh, you know, the Hurd, Colin Coward, uh, says that it probably indicates something more about Stafford. And then there's another report um, on Twitter saying that the, they're optimistic that Stafford will return, but they might just, ha- you know, their bye week is after this week. Um, so they'll have week 11 on a bye. So they might just um, have Carson Wentz play this week and then have the bye and then have Stafford for week 12, which could happen too. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, man, you know. Yeah, exactly, for sure. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to get another vet in the building in that QB room. Um, So I think McVay knows what he's doing. I I wouldn't read too much between the TPs on this one, but, yeah, hey, possibly, you know, Stafford, he could just be – his finger could just be more jacked up than what everyone, you know, thinks it is. Yeah. Maybe there's, like, some torn ligaments in there. I don't know. I I didn't see the cast to see how severe it was, but, yeah, yeah, maybe – well, hopefully, um, for my fantasy football team, because, yeah, I have a lot of Cooper suck and I have a lot of Puka suck, and it's just uh, my team's going in flames. But you know what? No one cares about my fantasy football team anymore, so fuck it all. Fuck it I all. I have some Kyron Williams stock. I need that boy to come back. Please, I need you. I've been going on a skid on my fantasy football teams. Don't get me started. It just hurts me. Yeah, no one cares about your fantasy football team either. <laughs> and by the way, by the way uh, I'm in second place if the listeners care at all. I'm just anywho, yeah, no one cares. Let's go on to the next game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the next game we'll, we'll we'll make it short too. Uh the Cardinals they got shut out, like completely shut out. And I won't say it's embarrassing, but you know, uh Deshaun Watson, this was his first game back after missing the, the last couple of games. And Deshaun Watson did his thing. He had 219 yards, two passing touchdown, but not even that. It was uh, Amari Cooper that had five catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. Um, like, I, I knew this was going to happen, but I didn't think it would be this bad. Like, I think the Browns were 13-point favorites at home. And the reason why is because they traded uh, – well, you know who they traded. Uh, they traded Dobbins, who went to the Vikings, who has completely, completely, like, taken all the headlines for the Week 9 hero because he uh, – on uh, what three four days being with the team with the Vikings, he um, made enough plays to win the game against the Falcons on the road, which is amazing. And now I think the uh, the Vikings are on like what a four game win, win streak. Uh, but anywho, you go back to the Cardinals. So they traded Dobbins um, because they're anticipating that Kyler Murray will play this upcoming week in Week Ten. He's practicing. He's off the um, he's off the IR. He's ready to go. But in the interim, for this game. They had fifth round rookie Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon. Actually, on uh, Arizona Cardinals Twitter, they said it's Toon time before um, the game started. Oh my God. They did not say that. They, they, they did. They said. Um, oh man, their PR staff. By the way, the Arizona PR staff is, they're pretty top notch. No, they're, they, they're they do good. a great job. I, I love their graphics. They're, they're, they're very used. Yeah. It's just. They were waiting for that one. That one, they were just like, you know, the Birdman hands meme. They were just like, oh, yes, two time. Let's go. <laughs> I, uh, 
uh, uh, I bit my lip, but I just, I didn't want to say, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it. But, uh, um, so this rookie, and, and this also shows like, it's really hard to play quarterback in this league, but he had a, um, well, I'll just leave the numbers. He went 11 for 20, which is great. Um, uh, not so great. He had 58 passing yards, uh, two interceptions. He was sacked seven times. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, but he led his team in rushing, which is not good at all. He had five carries for 28 yards. And uh, all his running backs, uh, they um, they averaged less than one yard per carry. So uh, this is why the, the Browns shut them out, because they couldn't do anything on offense. It was really, 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 really bad. Um, this is a loss similar to the Seahawks, where you just uh, try to erase this from your memory. And... Look forward to Kyler Murray returning to the team uh, to play the Falcons, who just lost to Dobbins and the Vikings the previous week. So, ah, uh, what are your thoughts, Tom? To you? Uh, okay, so first off, okay, number one, Kyler Murray. So there is, we are in week nine already. There is eight games remaining on the schedule. Is that right? Eight That's correct. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. There's eight games. Kyler Murray coming back. I haven't looked at their schedule at all, but theoretically, Kyler Murray coming back, how many games does he have that he could give Arizona under his belt? That's that's my first question. And number two, at what point does Coach Gannon throw in the towel to, I don't want to say tank, but kind of value where they're, you know, start, I guess, uh, posturing. I love that word. I learned it from, um, from succession. Oh, At what point thanks. does Arizona start posturing for their draft position? Well, well to Gannon's credit, I don't know if you saw the standings. They're one and eight. <laughs> they've done a great job, quote, unquote, great job of competing because they, they have, you know, they've up until this point, up until this blowout but um up until this point they've given like teams like a fits i mean they, they beat the cowboys obviously but stood out but uh every other game was relatively competitive and you know if you're a rebuilding team that's the best case scenario meaning that um you know you compete you play hard you're a tough out but you lose and you obviously you um uh, uh right now i think they're the number one if not number two uh pick in the draft but if you're, um, you know, if you're the Cardinals, I just say, if if I'm them personally, and if you get Kyler Murray in, um, I wouldn't be mad if the, you know in the next seven games or whatever they went three and four. Um, you know, they're one and eight right now. If they went three and four, uh, and but a three and four, and at the very least, you know what you have in Kyler Murray uh, because you need to play him. You need to know because they have a new GM, they have a new head coach. And they have the old regime's quarterback with, uh, obviously, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. But, you know, you can still run with him. You know, he's a former number one pick, for fuck's sake. Uh, you know, are you going to keep him? You just gave him an extension uh, the previous year. Is this a quarterback that you can you can build around? You hear all these, uh, I won't say, uh, well, I'll just say it. You know, you hear a lot of rumblings about Kyler Murray and his lack of discipline, his lack of focus to the game because it's concerned on video games if you catch my drift. But uh, you, you need to 
see it out. And at the very least, if he plays well um, and you still decide that he's not the guy for you and you want to draft a quarterback, at least you raise his draft stock to trade him to get the most draft capital. Because as we see for the Bears, as we see for the Jets, as we see for, you know, ripping on the Rams, like, you know, finding a, a decent quarterback is really hard in this league. And so if Kyler Murray plays well, um, you bet your bottom dollar that someone's going to, you know, give something for him. So, yeah, you know, and now that, now that I think about it, that is a pretty interesting thought. So say Arizona does decide to throw in the towel, right? And they are in that top one, two draft pick. We have this fancy new quarterback that's coming out of USC. goes by the name of Caleb Williams. Definitely going to be, you know, under the radar for Coach Cannon. And that could be his next, you know, hey, this is, you know, I have my target set on Caleb Williams, and this is going to be my guy. And he could potentially be a, you know, a franchise-type quarterback. So, I don't know. That's actually a pretty interesting thought. Yeah, um, uh, I think the Cardinals and the Bears have the same situation, whether it's Kyler Murray or Justin Fields. They need to figure out what do they have in them and, you know, do they need to start a new and draft another quarterback, right? Yeah, but what would what would Kyler Murray get in the free market, though? What, what would he get? They just signed him. He has this fat contract that's under his belt. He's got a fat contract. Uh, this is his first year into his new contract. Uh, the biggest thing isn't necessarily the contract. Obviously the contract sucks, but uh, the biggest thing for it is he's coming off an ACL injury. He's literally coming off a torn ACL. And you know that it generally takes a little bit of time, um, especially for a mobile quarterback like Holly Murray to get his shit together. So uh, how smooth of a transition does he look in what I consider a, a down year? If he plays like the Holly Murray that we, we know, or, you know, he's, he's competent enough then either the Cardinals keep him, which uh, th- th- there's a good chance they could, um, or they uh, they sell. Okay, they sell and they move on and they get, I don't know, May or Caleb Williams. I don't know. They they get a quarterback. I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe they get Marvin Harrison from Ohio State, but they need to know uh, what they have in Kyler Murray. Yeah. yeah. Interesting uh, point, you know, and – Kyler Murray, that extension was from the Kingsbury regime, right? Yeah. Uh, the previous manager, right? So the whole, the whole thing is weird because they gave Kingsbury, Steve Kime, and Murray extensions last year. And then they essentially God, and they just, fired all they of them. Literally fired all, through all of them, including the GM. That is so crazy to think about. I know. It's just... Um, that is so crazy. Even the GM just got canned, you know, it's all like, but it was not football related though, <laughs> which is. Good. Yeah. It, the whole, the whole thing just show. And, you know, um, locked on, locked on Cardinals. The, oh, I should know this. Cause I, I just heard his podcast, but I'm drawing a blank. He's always super like, he's been down on Cliff Kingsbury and the Steve Cotton regime for the longest time. So he, even though the Cardinals suck this year, he's actually super optimistic because it feels like they're cleaning house. They're trying to oh, God. establish and do things the right way. And, you, you know, like, yeah, trust the process. I know who you're talking about. That, that dude is a big homer. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's like, come on. Yeah. Let's just, let's just tell it how it is. This guy, that Cardinals lockdown guy, you're a big homer. It's all good, though, because, you know, that's the team that you cover. But let's be real. Sometimes you just need to. 
made a little gravity to bring you back down to earth, buddy. Okay, sorry. Uh, any other thoughts about the Cardinals? Um, that's just uh, no, James Conner might, might come back off of IR. You got uh, Kyler Murray. Um, you know, uh, so they're playing the Commanders next. No, actually, are they playing the Commanders? They are. Seattle's playing the. No, no, yeah, they're playing. They're playing the Falcons at home. So um, I think that's going to be uh, a pretty good landing spot for Kyler Murray to make his debut against the Falcons, who are struggling in their own right. So. Um, I'm going to be really intrigued to see how Kyler Murray looks in this upcoming game. should be fun. Definitely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So last but not least, uh, the team that was on a bye, the San Francisco Niners. So said it a million times, they're, they're first place now at five and three. Uh, hopefully they're healthy because they got a really tough game. A tough statement game, actually, because it's been a, can you believe it? It's been, if you include the bye week, so that's four weeks. Three losses, one bye week. So that's four weeks total. So they've had a month of losing. They haven't won a game in a month. And we're going into November. And they're on the road for a 10 a.m. game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tough game because the Jaguars, I think they're 6-2, and two, which is crazy. But they're a legit team. Seriously, they're a legit team. Um, so the Niners have a lot of questions. Their defensive coordinators, too. Wilkes has a lot of questions about where he's getting his defense at because uh, how they're playing the last three weeks is nowhere near the, the same level that they were at the last couple of years with Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator. But lo and behold, right before Halloween, they made a trade. Uh, going back to the Washington commanders who are selling the commanders, they traded um, Montez Sweat, a pass rusher, to the Bears for a second-round pick. And then they traded their other pass rusher, former number two pick, former Buckeye, former teammates of Nick Bosa, which is Chase Young from the 2020 draft class. And he guarded only a third-round pick from the Niners. And the thing about that, which makes it even more juicy for the Niners fandom, is that third-round pick isn't even their own third-round pick. It's actually a comp pick uh, that came from... Um, the GM of the Titans uh, was on the Niners staff. He got traded. He's African-American. So with a minority program, um, the Niners got a third round pick and they traded that to get Chase Young. And the beauty about that is if Chase Young were to sign with another team after the, the Niners season, which is essentially a rental, they would de- indeed, in fact, uh, accumulate another third round draft pick and compensation. So they essentially get him for for nothing per se, or they can keep him and resign him. But on paper, for a team that's been in need of a win, that's been in need of uh something from this defense, this is uh this is pretty sweet. Uh Tia, this is a lot to take in. I know I did a lot of narration, but go ahead, go ahead. What are your thoughts about this trade? Yeah, I mean obviously I think this has been covered in exhaustion for many sports channels. If you Niner fans have not looked into this already or listened to all the, you know, social media networks and all that stuff, literally you guys have been missing out. But this is just probably one of the greatest splash signings trades in Niners recent history as Lynch and, and Shanahan has had a track record of just making these splash trades uh, during midseason, which 
subsequently boosts them to uh, go into the to making a long season run and into the playoffs and in some cases into the Super Bowl. Hopefully that this is the case this season. Um, you know, obviously I'm ecstatic. JT Dub, this was just probably one of the best outcomes that I could have expected um, going into the free agency season. I, you know, no gripes, no nothing. Obviously there's just some other GMs and managers from Washington talking shit about Chase, how he does not have this good work, work ethic and he's not disciplined, blah, 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 whatever. Middle finger to you guys. We got him now. I think they're just a little sour. Don't let the door kick you on the way out type of thing. Um, but I'm going to say this though. The, the signing, obviously matters are going to benefit from it. They are going to become better from it. Um, but I just really hope that the thing with football is, you know, there's 11 players on the field and, you know, it's a team sport, right? And there's right. three different teams. There's the offense, the defense, and the special teams. Yes, he helps out on one of the teams. However, he is one player on an 11-man team, which is the defense. I just really hope that this is not this kind of window dressing to, um, you know, to the big scheme of things because – Possibly it could be, you know, yes, this is kind of like a, you know, take the batteries out of the smoke detector type of thing. So it just stops chirping, but there's actually a root cause of it. Right. And I think it has, we've been taught, we talked about it before in the past, you have talked about it and, you know, it's been covered before, but you know, the defensive scheme um, is the issue Um, in previous, you know, in previous years, the pass rush has covered up the deficiencies of the secondary um, but I hope it's not the case this year, but there has been tape on it where there are gaps, especially in the zone defense and the execution of the defense, um, even the plays being called by the defensive coordinator. You know, there's, there's a lot of different factors that go into this, but, you know, overall, I'm optimistic. I, I love I love it, but, you know, I do hold some reserves or, sorry, some reservations about this signing, you know, as this season progresses and as, the Niners have been exposed in these areas. Well, uh, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, you know, Niners fans, uh, they're never happy. Like, duh. Because after the trade happened, they're like, well, why didn't you trade for a cornerback? Which is, you know, it's valid. But uh, at the same time, too, uh, how often do teams make trades at the trade deadline? Um, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing about the Niners for their defense is their defensive line is by far – their most invested units, uh, draft picks, money, Armstead, Bosa, Javon Hargrave, and now Chase Young. And by the way, they also traded for Randy Gregory. Oh, and by the way, they drafted a first-round pick in Javon Kinlaw. Oh, and by the way, they have former top-five pick, including Farrell. Yeah, they have a ton of talent on paper. Uh, but up to this point, it hasn't translated for whatever reason for this year versus the past two years. And for the credit of Steve Wilkes, I mean uh, – it's a system that he's trying to learn, but at the same time, try to integrate what he does well or what he did do well with the Panthers for D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, he, he did his thing, but he pretty much came from Robert Sala's system who was, you know, he was under Robert Sala for several years. And so when he made the transition as defensive coordinator, he changed things, but it was pretty much the same defense. You, you feel me? Like, I think he blitzed more than Robert Salab. He had his own style to it, but it was pretty much the same defense. Um, 
Steve Wilkes, uh, obviously, he comes from the outside in, which is the first outside in hire uh, that the Niners have done in a while. And so, you know, there's going to be there's going to be some struggles. Um, do I feel worried? Yes, to an extent. But I also know that the Niners, especially the week before their bye week, uh, they played the Bengals who were fresh off a of bye week. And the Niners were coming off a short week against the Vikings. Like, you know, it eventually it, it catches up. For this team, they they hit hard, they're physical, but it goes both ways. Meaning that the linebackers, the secondary, like they give out hits, but they also receive hits, and you can tell that they were a little bit sluggish against the Bengals. Um, I I just think that this bye week that they're coming off of was sorely needed. They needed to get fresh. They're getting Debo Samuel back. Hopefully, they get Trent Williams back. Hopefully, they can get this pass rush reinvigorated. And then, uh, you know, it could be one of those things where this might be uh, a flash in the pan, for, for at least for Steve Wilkes' sake, for his job. But uh, which leads me to my next question to you. I mean, do you think that they're going to fix it or do you think they're still going to struggle in the second half? I think also, you know, another thing, too, we want to add is they, they uh, the practice window has been open for Beal, for Luther, and also for Womack, which is that additional... Yep. Had be added to the defense. So it's additional reinforcements. You know, like I said, you know, coming out of this uh, bye week, I'm more optimistic about it. I think it's just coming more towards, uh, more concerning about they need to execute. We know they have the talent. They have shown in the first five games that they were, uh, they're capable of performing as a, you know, top two defense in the NFL. I think they just got to tighten their, you know, you know, Tighten up that zipper a little bit, you, tight, you know, button up the buttons and, and I think everybody, everyone will be okay and kind of go back to, I think it was Fred Warner who said that, you know, we just got to go back to simple football, but you know, there's good, there's good from that. And there's also bad from that. I think it's, it just comes down to the execution. And I think, you know, I've seen some tape of the last game versus Cincinnati and, you know, the defense, they look just, they look sloppy and it just showed that, you know, there were just some tired guys out there on the field. You know, they were just kind of ready to go back or ready to get to, to the bye weekend. Yeah. The good thing about this is go 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 ahead, go ahead. 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 Uh, Last thing I'm going to say, you know, I can't see this bye week being a negative in any way. Right. So it's, it's, it's going to benefit them one way or another. So, yeah. And, It'll be a good test, you know. This is kind of like a hey, like you know, we're not slouching. They do have a really tough schedule coming out of the, you know, the second half of the season. So, um, you know, hey, you know, championships are earned, right? You know, you don't get to the championship game with a freaking, you know, the thirtieth strongest schedule in the NFL and expect to win, right? Like the this this next eight weeks of the schedule, this is this is where the championship is won where, you know, they're, they're going to prove to themselves and also to the fans and to the, to everyone else that's watching that, you know, they deserve to be playing in February. That's right. That's right. And more importantly too, uh, the last couple of years, uh, the month of October has been horrible to, for them. Uh, last year they started the season three and four at this time. They're, they're five and three. Um, yeah, they struggle. And, a lot of times they eventually they figure the shit out, not saying that it's an automatic, they will figure the this, this shit out this season, but just know that I would rather have said team get hit in the mouth early, humbled early, 
uh, regroup and finish strong in the second half. So that goes out to the Niners. That goes out to the Seahawks. Maybe you can make a case for the Rams and Cardinals. Um, I think that, that that's another story. But the overall message is, you know, you're going to struggle. It's, it's hard to win this league. That's why they say it's any given Sunday. And so we're going to find out really soon how good uh, what the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals are in the second half, whether it be, you know, with uh, Kyler Murray, whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke, it's, you know, Brock Purdy, um, Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford. But, yeah, I mean, the second half is going to be a, a very trying time for the NFC West. And we'll, we'll find out sooner than, than later who, that who's going to emerge from this division. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's all I can really say for uh, a team off a of bye. But uh, let's let's go ahead and lead to the, the matchups at hand for Week 10. We don't have to talk too much about it, but, you know, the Niners are playing the Jags, like I mentioned before. On the road, 10 a.m. game. Um, what do you think the spread's going to be? Just guess the line. Oh, by the way, the, the Jaguars are coming off a of bye week too, so they are also well, well rested and they are hosting the Niners. What? Jags are coming off a of bye too? Oh my goodness. Jags are six and two. The Niners are five and three. This is a must win game for the Niners, but the Jaguars, they are a legitimate. If you were to tell me going into the season, I'd say, oh, yeah, this is an automatic win, especially coming off the bye. But no, Jaguars are good. They are a good team. I'm going to say, man, really? I have to go. I want to. Oh, God. I don't know. I feel like the Jaguars, are they? Okay, Jaguars minus. Two. Okay, it's uh, Niners are favored by three. So I think the public really feels that you know with the Chase Young trade and you know these are, these are still the Niners and all that that you know you got to give some credit. Um, so yeah, the Jaguars are home dogs. The Niners are favored by three points. So that's a good. This is wow. a good exercise, by the way, Tio. I just it's good that you don't know the line. I just want to see how you feel about it. Um, let's go. Uh, well, first thought is shame on me as a Niner fan to think that they're underdogs on the road, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's is Niner faithful, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, right. man. That's, that's okay. an interesting line, though. Yeah, I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. lie. Are you surprised by that? No, I I think um, if I had to you do it, fair? I, if I had to do it, I, I might have said like Niners minus one or. I don't think it's going to be a pick but I think that the Niners would be favored by just a tidbit, so I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, right. I, it, it goes back to public. Everyone, the public does like the Niners versus the Jaguars. Like The Jaguars, they have a better record, but people still aren't convinced with the Jaguars. You feel me? Yeah, yeah so, I feel that. Yeah. Um, next game in the NFC West, it's the Falcons at the Cardinals. Kylie Murray makes his debut. It's at Arizona. Uh, what do you think the line would be for this? Uh, Atlanta at the Cardinals. Oh, man, I might just go straight, straight pick with this. Pretty much, even even mine. You're 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 pretty much on point. The Falcons are favored by one. It's not okay. You know, yeah, I, I think you're right in line with that. Oh. Um, right. there's still that gray mis- mysterious value of how good is Kyler Murray or um, the Falcons they're not that much better either they have T- Tyler Heineke or whatever as, as the starting quarterback and they just lost to 
former Cardinals quarterback Dobbins. So you got that going for you. Uh, the Rams are on a bye week, much needed. Uh, so maybe your boy Kyler Williams comes back after the bye. Um, but this is a good rebound game at 125 in the afternoon. You have the Commanders at Seattle. Commanders are being hosted by the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are, you know, coming off arguably the second worst loss of Pete Carroll's era, the Seahawks era. And you have the Commanders who are selling their team. They got rid of their two best pass rushers. So what do you make of this line? I'm going to go Seattle minus three and a half. Oh, okay. Okay. Why do you say that? I, I mean, I, I know the line right now. Well, just be, break it down. I mean, just, I mean, this is elephant in the room that, you know, Washington, they went on a fire cell on arguably their two best players on the team. But I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> and then I'm going off of, Okay. Seattle does have a pretty good home field advantage. Yeah, man. Uh, the twelve factor. So it's Seahawks six and a half, six and a half, seven. They, the public feels oh, okay. Vegas feels All pretty right. strong, saying like, "Hey, no, they're gonna bounce back." The the Commanders, they are not, you know, they're they're not trying to. Well, I will say they're not trying to win, but they just got rid of their their guys. But uh, yeah, six and a half for the Seahawks. So. Yeah, I would say that's pretty fair. Um, maybe a little bit too high on my end, but who knows? Yeah, no, I feel you in that. So, but anywho, you know, that was week nine. We're going to go to week 10. I can't believe we're going to week 10. And this is the first week in November. It should be lit. Um, yeah, man. Um, it officially, like you're in SoCal right now. I'm in, I'm in the Bay Area. Does it officially feel like fall, winter season for you? Or is it still hot as fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely does. It's uh it's getting cooler over here. You know, you gotta wear a light a light jacket. Um do you, do you wear here t- in SoCal now. Is it time to put on the turtleneck or no? <laughs> no, the turtleneck is stays in reserve until Christmas dinner or something okay. like that. Well, at least you got the PSL on lock, right? That was something that we all look forward to every fall, right? Oh, I hate I hate pumpkin anything. The only thing I'll eat maybe once is maybe like one slice of pumpkin pie. Um, but other than that, you know, no, I am not a PSL guy. I'm not a basic bitch. Okay. Uh, pink, pinkies up, cinnamon toast crunch. I'm good. Well, you're, you're missing out. I'm just playing, but okay. All right, guys. Uh, that's all we, we have for this pod. I tee up. I appreciate your time as always, especially uh, in PSL season. So to our listeners, thank you for checking out the pod, whether it is on Apple, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or any other outlet you get your pods. Uh, Instagram at Just the West. I was going to say Twitter, but I got to officially say on X at Just the West. And of course, the blog, www.justthewest.com. Um, tee up. We out here. Peace. Peace.